Good morning, everyone. Can I just add my welcome to you this morning? We are, um, in a moment, going to carry on in our new preaching series. Um, if you weren't here last week, please do listen online. I'm not going to um, really recap last week just for time, but it is recorded and online. Um, we really feel God's put this series in front of us for purpose at this moment for two reasons. One of which is because, as I said last week, the book of Haggai seems incredibly timely to us today and relevant as the Bible is. But there is something, I believe, poignant about this book for us to spend some time in it. But we also wanted to use this series to um, take time to remind ourselves of who God has called us to be as a people here at Gateway. And so we're going to do that on alternate weeks. So this morning I'm going to do the first um, one of those, and we'll get into that in just a moment. Before I do, I'd just love to introduce... Oh, you have the microphone. Um, Yared, come and say hello. I'd love to just introduce Yared to you. I met Yared last week. We were just chatting. Um, Yared, just share a bit of your story of way yeah. up to where you shared last week with me. Yeah. My name is Yared, and I come from Ethiopia, and I already live five months in Sweden, as I come by home office to ask asylum, but by grace of or by bless of God, uh, this week I get answer for my request of uh, asylum decision. So thank you, God, and thank you for uh, my brother to help me to pray me. So I'm happy. Always. God is always good. Thanks. That's brilliant. Stay there a minute, Yarrow. Stay there. Come here. You, you stole the punchline. So last week when I was talking to Yarrow, um, he said, I'm, I'm waiting on a visa um, to be able to work. And I said, look, why, why not next week? Let's just bring you up the front. We'll just get the church to stand and pray. Um, anyway, God's gone ahead of us and done it, as Yarrow just said. And he's been given a passport and permission to work. Um, so it's just a fantastic story. I'd love us to um, stand and bless Yared, and, um, and when we so often hear stories on the news of men and women who are crossing nations in this day, it's not an out there story, it's a here story. It's actually a among us story, and just as Yared said that, I just felt, God, we've got to keep these stories, and, and they're not just stories, they're people, men and women in our hearts and carry um, men and women, and so we want to thank God this morning for Yared, but as we pray for Yared, let's pray that God would... Um, his favor will be upon you for a job as you start job hunting. Um, I want to pray that God would uh, bless you with community. Invite him to your homes for Sunday lunch or Monday lunch or whenever in the week. Um, I, I, my heart, church, is that Yared has the best welcome here among us as his family here in the UK. Because you have no family. Um, you knew, you knew, knew nobody, did you? Any? Yeah, my Lord. My family, but it's all. It's my family. Brilliant. <laughs> Amen. So can we, I encourage you just to, just to lift a hand. If you have friends who are other um, asylum seekers in the UK, people um, uh, seeking to settle here, let's just um, bring them to our mind. We recognize that Yared represents many people, even in our town, um, who are, in, um, who are uh, in desperate situations so often. So come on, let's raise our voices. It's not that God's death, but let's raise our voices in faith that God will bless and strengthen. Lord, we lift Yared to you today. We bless him this morning. And we thank you that you went before us in your grace and mercy and that you gave a yes to Yared to, right, to remain and to work. And we pray that he would settle here, that it would become a home and a place of blessing for him. We ask that you would provide for him a job that is just an amazing job, Lord. Would you go before him, Lord, in that, Lord? We pray 
that Yared would find a family here among us as Gateway, just as he said, brothers and sisters in Christ who strengthen him. Yared, we, we bless you. We bless you. We thank God that he's brought you here for purpose. And so we just pray that God would speak to you in these days. Lord, we, we want to we wanna pray that Yared would fall in love with you in this season as he sees your hand of favor upon his life for purpose. And Lord, we cry out to you for many in Swindon and across this nation who are, who are also seeking um, to, to make this place a home. We thank you, God, that you are the God who calls us to welcome uh, foreigners and strangers. And you're, you're the God who calls us to welcome them and show hospitality and love and acceptance. And so, Lord, we pray, Lord, that even in this day, Lord, I pray that, Lord, all that's going on in our nation, I pray that you would change the heart of the nation to one of love and acceptance, one of welcome and hospitality. And Lord, we pray, do it in your church, Lord God. Do it in your church among your people that we would be those who seek to bless um, this, this part of what you're doing in this era of our world, Lord, right now, as we live through these strange times, we thank you that this is in your hand and your purposes. So we bless all you're doing. Amen. Yared, we look forward to getting to know you. Thanks so much. Let's give Yared a round of applause. Isn't that amazing? Right. Ant and um, Ban, just a superb job serving us this morning, by the way, wherever you are. Um, thank you so much. I'm just trying to think where to start because I want to leave some time to pray. <laughs> we, headlines from Haggai chapter one. Um, it's a story of the exiles who have just returned from captivity in Babylon and Basically, God has taken them to task because they didn't get to work on building his temple. And he says to them, I want you to consider your ways. What are you doing? My house lies in ruins while you're sorting out your own lives and trying to find comfort. And God comes and stirs them up through his word. And the people respond to the word of God in their generation. And they begin to build the temple of God. They set to work upon it. Just a couple of the end verses. Verse 13. Then all the remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, and the word of Haggai the prophet goes on to say, and the people feared the Lord. They listened to the Lord God. They considered their ways. They respond in obedience, and they began to build God's temple. And God responds back to his people. He says this, I am with you, declares the Lord. Gateway today, to each one of you personally today, God says, I am with you, declares the Lord. And the Lord stirred the spirit of all the remnant of the people, and they came and worked on the house of the Lord God. Why? Why? Why was it important for these guys to work on the house of the Lord? In Haggai chapter 1, there's, there's the, the chapter almost works, technical term, sorry, but as a chiastic chapter in that it points to a central point within that piece of scripture. And verse 8 says this, God says, go up to the hills and bring wood to the house that I may take Pleasure 
in it, and that I may be glorified, declares the Lord. I believe that is the central verse of Haggai chapter 1. Why bother? God says that I may take pleasure in it and I may be glorified. It's not just a nice to do, but God says it's not even for your sake, it's for my sake, says God. So Gateway, as we look at our um, vision and who God has called us to be and remind ourselves of some incredible prophetic promises over us, we need to remember we're not doing this for our name. We're not doing it for comfort for ourselves. We're not trying to panel the church of Gateway or panel our own lives. We're doing it because we want, to, we want God to take pleasure in his people. And we want God to be Glorified, And so we said the drumbeat of this book of Haggai is this, that when we as God's people are passionate about the glory of God, then we prioritize the, thing, the things that God is passionate about. Amen? When we're passionate about the glory of God, then we begin to prioritize the things that God is passionate about. And so in Haggai 1, first of all, they were busy. They started on the temple of the Lord for a few years and then they gave up on it and they busied making their own lives more comfortable. Comfort is the killer of the church in our generation. Comfort is the killer of the church in our generation. And unless we wake up to that fact, we are a church that is asleep. Unless we realize that, gosh, we look so much like the world around us, that that should cause us concern because God has marked us out as a people who are totally different to, then we should be, we should be fearful that we look the same if we do. And my, my, my reflection on that as I think about us and the church in our nation is that, boy, do we look like the world around us. Boy, do we look like people that are trying to make our lives Comfortable. I know that's true for myself in so many ways. And just as I, even this week, just even as I was just lying before God right then, I felt like God was saying, come on, I've called you to look different. When we're passionate about the glory of God, then we prioritize the things that God is passionate about. So when we're passionate about God being glorified among us as his people and in our lives Personally, we begin to say, okay, God, what shape, what form should our lives therefore take on? What does it look like? What's, what are your plans and your purposes? God, what are you passionate about in my life, in that of my family, in my, in my local church community, into this town and the nation and nations? What does it look like for your people to be passionate about your glory? And that church is what should shape us and our priorities and our lives themselves. So let me just, um, for a moment, take a moment just to remind you of our vision as a church. Some of you, this will be new to you um, because you're new to Gateway, but I, I, I want this to be a moment where we, isn't, vision statements are funny things, aren't they? They kind of do a lot, but they don't do much. But we need to know who God has called us to be because it's the leading edge of who we are. And so as I, as I just remind us of this again this morning, I want us to grab hold of it in our hearts by faith, okay? I want us to be a people who, just like 
the post-exile people responded to the word of God. Well, what I'm about to say isn't scripture in that sense, but it's what God is putting in front of us. And I want us to be a people who respond by faith. So our vision as a church is to be a community who give ourselves away to see God glorified. We want to be a people who give ourselves away to see God glorified. Verse 8. Hey, build the house of God. Post-exile Israel, that God may take pleasure in it and that he may be glorified. Hey, gateway, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that God may take pleasure in us and be glorified among us. So the first thing is that we want to be a people who glorify God by our lives, our community, everything we are, the best of what we have, the best of what we are, both personally and corporately. We say, God, it's for you and your glory. And as a team, we believe that through prophetic promises over Gateway, that what giving ourselves away for us looks like is incredibly costly. It looks like sending Nick and Motti. It looks like sending Mark and Jackie to the Isle of Wight, Simon and Fiona to South London. It looks like sending our whole team of people to, to um, serve with Tom, alongside Tom Price in Penn Hill. It looks like saying to people, hey, this, we're not trying to build Gateway and Panala church and our community and our home in that sense. We're trying to resource and further the kingdom of God here in this town and out into the nations of the world. And so as people move on for all various kinds of reasons, we want to say, go for it. Go for it and and serve God and seek God. Because we don't want to hold on to what God has given to us, but we want to sow it into his kingdom. So, so our vision is that we will be ascending and receiving people. That is a prophetic word that is over us as a church, and it's shaped us. It's shaped the way we think, and we find ourselves so often as a team, when we're not sending and receiving, we find ourselves getting quite boring, to be honest, and find ourselves going, we're not working, we're not being who God has meant to, called us to be. But we are called to be ascending and receiving people. So, Giving ourselves away, that for us works its way out in a number of areas. So first of all, giving ourselves away to God in worship. How do we give ourselves away? Well, first and foremost, as God's people, we give ourselves to God. We give ourselves to him as worshippers of him. We want to make that our highest priority. And it's not about, as we gather together, how good it was. Oh, the worship was really good. Like, we're the judge of that after a Sunday morning. Like, I have this high and mighty right to declare what is good worship and what is not good worship. I don't know about you, just being honest, but right now, how often when you're driving home and you think to yourself or you say to your wife or husband or your friend, yeah, it wasn't so good today, the worship. I mean, the arrogance, the arrogance of how... of. How, how on earth do I get to declare what's good, worship or not? How we love it when we come together and, and skillful, skillful musicians and singers lead us and we love to celebrate and worship, but worship isn't it felt good in the meeting. That's, that's a part of it. It's a tiny part of it. 
But we want to make worshipping God our highest priority. Giving ourselves away looks like giving ourselves to God. Secondly, giving ourselves away, and we'll look at this in a few weeks' time, looks like giving ourselves away to one another in family. So as you place your faith in Jesus for salvation, I hope you know this, you were born into God's family, God's new tribe, his new humanity, and you have become an integral part of that, a living stone in this temple of God that we were talking about last week. A living temple, a temple that carries and houses the presence of God. And we, as that temple, are a family to love one another and serve one another and celebrate and cry and pray for and encourage one another. Our wider family of churches, regions beyond, um, Steve Oliver, who um, leads that, he has put into us over the last 10, 12 years by getting a sledgehammer and going, come on, we are there for one another's success, church. It's a phrase that's in us and we feel it and we, we're not here for our own good. We're here for one another's success. We're here for one another to grow in God. I'm going on to next week. Right. Uh, uh, stop. What does giving ourselves away look like? We give ourselves away to God, to one another in family, and we give ourselves away to our neighbors and the nations. Nobody is very excited about this. This is outrageous. Right, this side of the room. We give ourselves away to God. Oh my goodness. Right. We give ourselves away to God. Yes. You get going in a minute. We give ourselves away to one another. Don't let it die. Just go with me. And we get to give ourselves away to our neighbors and the nations. Oh, right. We'll come back to that in a bit. We, as we give ourselves away, God uses that process to, be, to cause us to become more like Christ. God gave himself to us. God is a community that gives of himself, eternally giving of himself to one another in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. That is who God is. Eternally loving and sending and giving and resourcing and blessing and honoring and glorifying one another in this Trinitarian relationship. And to us, God has given us himself. He gives us his love. It's not just something. It's not a product of God. It gives us who he is by loving us with that same relationship that the Father loves the Son and the Son loves the Father and so on and so forth. God is a giving and sending God. And so we shape ourselves around who God is and what he is like because when we prioritize his glory, we're passionate about what God is passionate about. We prioritize those things. And so there's a simple test for us in this. Last week, I hope you've done it. We went away and, and I hope you considered your life as Haggai 1 encourages the people of God to do. I hope you have looked at your life. You've examined decisions, priorities. What, what gets the best of you as a follower of Christ? What gets the best of us as God's people here in Gateway? I hope you spent time thinking that through and dwelling, it, dwelling on it because I, I find that quite a scary process, if I'm being honest. 
I don't know if I would say my life looks like radical obedience. But I feel that's what God is speaking to me at this season as we dig into this. And the simple test is this. As you've looked at your life, what you're passionate about, what gets the best of you, where does God feature on that? I, please hear my heart. I'm not talking about going to church, even praying, even reading your Bible. I'm talking about where does the glory of God feature in your priorities? Or as you examine, did most of the busyness of life, the running backwards and forwards revolve around making life work, trying to just make it a bit more comfortable? I don't want to beat us up with that, but we must be aware that everything in this world is pulling us away from the glory of God, and yet God is saying, consider your weights. Now, here's the thing. We find ourselves so often as God's people thinking, I need to do it because it's what God expects of me. I need to do it because it's what Christian people do. They do the church thing. They do the Bible thing, the prayer thing. And God says, when, when you pursue me, it begins to change around from going, yes, we are blessed in the process, but it's for the glory of God. It's for his joy that I want to do those things. It's for his pleasure. It's for his glory that I want to be somebody who walks with Christ, who is full of the Spirit. And I want to put the glory of God above all things, even myself and who I am, because God has shed that upon me. And God begins to call us to a deeper intimacy with him, a new hunger to him. John G. Lake, a, an American, died just uh, 85 years ago or so, a Canadian-American um, minister in the Pentecostal movement and missionary. He, he wrote this about hungering and thirsting after God. He said this, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Off the back of Matthew chapter 5. He goes on to say, There is nothing more wonderful than the indwelling of God in human life. There is nothing more wonderful. God's purposes come to pass when your heart and my heart get the real God cry. Not just by attending church or doing the Christian thing, but a real God cry. And the real God prayer comes into our spirits and the real God yearning gets hold of our nature. Something is going to happen then, he says. No difference what it may be your soul is coveting or desiring if it becomes in your life the supreme cry, not the secondary matter or the third or the fourth or the fifth or the tenth, but the first thing the supreme desire of your soul, the paramount issue, 
All the powers and energies of your spirit, of your soul, of your body are reaching out and crying to God for the answer. It is going to come. It is going to come. It is going to come, he says. And he's talking about this glory of God, this presence of God. And gateway for us as God's people. I want to call us to be a people that we love to gather together for all kinds of reasons. But the first reason that we love to gather together is that God would be glorified. So hear my heart. My heart for us as a people is not that we have boring, miserable times of worship. No way. I want us to be a people who are exuberant and passionate And there we bring ourselves, we drag ourselves by the scruff of the neck if we need to and say, I'm going to be with God's people because he is worthy, whether I feel like it or not. He's worthy of me raising my voice, lifting my arms, declaring, lying face down on the ground, declaring, God, you are worthy of my life and adoration. I want us to have times of worship as we gather together where we strengthen one another in God, where the gifts that God has given to his body for building up and encouraging and strengthening us as we go out into the world that day, that afternoon, that we are therefore full of his spirit, understanding we're a people on mission for purpose, that God would be glorified in our community. See, this side of the room is doing better. I'm just letting you know. Thanks, Gina. My, my, my heart is that we have musicians who love to lead God's people and singers who love to sing and lead God's people in praise and worship and that we as a people being led by our musicians, don't just sit there going, ah, and you started the song in the wrong key and you did a great job, by the way. <laughs> but who say, guys, we're there for your success as you lead us and we're going to respond and worship with you and declare the goodness of God and that we actually allow ourselves to get a bit excited, that God is reigning and ruling, that he is worthy of our worship and praise and adoration, not just, come on, God, bring it on. If this is a good one, then I'll join in. I, I know what you do because I'm just like you. God, if you make it good, then I'll have a good time and then we'll all be happy. God says, no, go up to the hills, get the wood, and begin to build my temple. He says to you, gateway, come on, bring all that you are and worship me, that I may take pleasure in you and be glorified in you. So we give ourselves away to God in worship. That looks, by the way, not just about Sunday mornings. It looks like our life, our pattern of worship as followers of Jesus. It looks like this afternoon, as we walk through these doors after spending time blessing one another over tea and coffee, at the end, it looks like we go out and we say, God, now I'm going to worship you in the marketplace. It looks like, God, now I'm going to glorify you in every way I can with all that I have because, God, you're there for my success. We need to stop doing this transactional, weird relationship with God where we say, God, if I get it right, then I think you might bless me. He says, no, my son got it right, and therefore you are blessed. You are the people who carry the favor of God upon you. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, you carry the favor of God upon you. And sound like, okay, do it again and sound like you mean it. Callum, you're not telling anybody. (laughs) You see, this is the deal, church, this is the deal, is that in Christ upon the cross, can you remember before we were talking about blessings and curses from Deuteronomy last week? And Haggai is saying this issue of blessings and curses, uh, sorry, from Leviticus, this issue of blessings and curses is what you're experiencing. 
Let me tell you what you get to experience as God's people is blessing. Jesus was cursed for your sake that you might be blessed in the righteousness of God. And that's his grace, by the way, which means unmerited favor. And so we carry the favor of God with us every day, every situation, every circumstance. Boy, do I know life can be difficult. And boy, do I forget that. But I need to remind myself. I need to strengthen myself in God. It's what Moses and Joshua, I was going to read it, but we haven't got time. It's what Moses and Joshua did when they went to meet with God. And, they, and Moses says, God, unless you go with us, there's nothing different to this community of people, God, unless you go with us. There, there, there really is nothing except we're probably more weird than most people. At least they're having fun if God isn't with us. God is with us. That's what Moses said, unless you're here. And my heart for us as we are a people who give ourselves away to God is that we say, God, we want to give ourselves to you generously, just as you have given yourself to us generously. So I want to ask you this gateway that as we gather in small groups, in large meetings like this, as we go out and have coffees and we meet people that we give ourselves away to God by making him and his glory Pursuing his kingdom first and foremost in our lives. The the front and center thing of who we are. Because people who consider their ways and respond to the word of of the Lord say, it's not about getting busy. It's not a how-to, right, what do we do next? God's got that bit covered. It's we glorify God. You see, for us as a church, we carry some amazing prophetic promises over us about being ascending and receiving people, a church I want to resource the kingdom of God in our town and out into the nations of the world. And I was, I was reading through some of them and, and um, just over the last few weeks and reminding myself, my spirit of them again and getting excited, believing God, God, you've said this stuff to us. And over and over, some of the refrain was the favor of God is upon you for this and for this group and for this situation. The favor of God is upon you. And I found myself thinking, gosh, that all sounds slightly Pentecostal. Sorry if you're Pentecostal. I don't mean it offensively. And I thought, no, of course, it's the favor of God. We live in the favor of God. And so for Haggai's people, as he was speaking to them, And they responded to the word of the Lord. It says, God said, I'm with you. And he stirred up their spirit. Church, as we give ourselves to God and his kingdom, we should expect times when God turns up in power. We should expect the outbreak of God's kingdom among us as we gather. And there's prophetic words about as we gather, there will be signs and wonders and miracles will happen regularly among you gateway. We're not seeing that at the moment. We don't see that. Well, sometimes. But God's saying, come on, time to lift your eyes. Time to live up to your name, Gateway Church. A guy called Rob Davey, he, um, gosh, 12 years ago, he, he prophesied over Gateway. Um, and he was talking about Jacob's ladder. And he was talking about um, Jacob's dream. And he said, now, of course, this was just a dream. And it could be for you too. I just felt that you can have all sorts of dreams, but jo- Jacob woke up from the dream, and he did something. He took the stone on which he had been lying, and he built it into a monument. He built it into an altar for the glory 
of God. Now, I'm not talking about buildings, building buildings or building monuments here particularly, but there is something that has to be taken hold of. There is something physical that has to be done. There has to be something that's stepped into. There has to be some risks taken in order to realize the dream, but it's a dream that God has given you, and I believe you will see the fulfillment of it. And what is that? Well, first and foremost, God's dream for us is that we are a people who love his presence. That just like as Joshua stayed in God's presence at the tent of meeting, that we would want to be people who dwell in his presence. It's not just go to church. Please don't just come to church. If you need to do something today because that's where your heart is, you just read your Bible, you just pray. What do you do? You need to get on your face before God and say, God, have mercy. God, awaken me. God, as John G. Lake said, would you put a hunger in my spirit that every fiber of my being yearns for you. God, come and do it. We need to be a community that regularly and quickly lay hands on one another and say, be filled with the spirit of God. Let him stir our spirit that we give ourselves to his kingdom. Come. We give ourselves to pursue his righteousness. It's great to have Bishop Lee, sorry Lee, to highlight you out on a Sunday morning when you just sat there nice and hiding. (laughs) It's great to have Lee with us here. And why does this matter, church? Why does it matter how much we care about the glory of God? Because God is building his church. He is absolutely building his church in our generation here in Swindon. And if we don't do something as Rob Davey provoked us off the back of his prophetic words, we will miss out on what God is doing. You say, fine, there's other faithful men and women, other generations that I'll choose. And it was Lee's boss about six years ago, when Justin Welby, when he came to town, and uh, it's just so good, I love this every moment to be able to say, I had breakfast with the Archbishop of Canterbury, um, along with Nigel, he was there too, and a few others in the room. Anyway... And he prophetically provoked the church to say this, we are living in days of unprecedented opportunity. And if we can get rid of our divisions among us as God's people, if we can say that that we are together in God's field for God's glory and his kingdom come, God will use us massively. I'm paraphrasing um, something that he said much better, but we're living in days of unprecedented opportunity. The point is this, God is already doing it. As, as leaders across the church chose to step into that, as I believe God put it prophetically in our spirit and stirred us up as we responded with a yes to God, he stirred us and relationships across this town are amazing the way we are growing and blessing one another and seeking to partner together in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. That should excite us as God's people. It should make us want to go and Seek the blessing of the church in the town. Be there for one another's success. Lee, we're there for your success. We really are. And God is doing this. But the point is, the reason I'm saying it is this. That Justin Welby didn't say we're living in days of unprecedented opportunity. Quick, it's like the gold mines are open. Get what you can while it's on offer. Get busy, church. We're living in days of unprecedented opportunity. So the first thing for God's people to do is get into God. Which is why 
our mission as it works out, the first thing that we do is we give ourselves away so that God may be glorified. And we give ourselves away to God for his glory. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be given to you. What do you mean amazing relationships and partnership in the kingdom of God? Yes and amen. You mean that God is there for me and my family and our circumstances and nobody else? Yes, God's got it. You mean this job that I'm needing to get now that I've been given a visa and a right to remain? Yes, Yared, God's got it for you. As we give ourselves to God's glory, he promises. He promises, I've got your back, church. I'm building my church, church. You don't need to do what I'm doing. You need to enjoy me because... That isn't the means to the end in joining God. It is the end in itself. Is that we get God and we get to enjoy him forever and ever and ever. And I wonder if the problem is this. Emma and I were talking about dieting. We're kind of on this weird diet race where I don't do anything and Emma does. And um, we're talking about shrinking stomach sizes. Uh, I know. Isn't it amazing? But the diet for the people of God looks like this. Eat everything you can of God. So that your stomach and your appetite swells for him and his glory. We are over time. Please stand up. We're going to pray. And Lee, I'd love us to pray for you as well and bless you. Um, Come on, guys. Stand up. Right, Lee, if you want to come and stand over this side. No, you don't. um, Can we just welcome Lee properly? Come on, let's honor him. Right, this side of the room, you get to pray for Lee and bless him. And this side of the room, you're going to pray for Gateway. They're not two separate things, by the way, in case it feels like a division. (laughs) We're going to pray for Gateway and for each one of us personally. So this represents the mission of God and what he's doing. Bigger than us as we give ourselves to God. This represents us and us personally as we give ourselves to God. I hope that makes sort of sense. Um, But whatever. Listen, if you're part of the leadership team, just come and uh, pray for Lee. Let's stir ourselves in God. Let's allow our hearts to be soft and responsive to him today. Even as we go from this place, guys, can I encourage you, just as Rob said to us, it looks like stepping into something. I promise you, if you walk out that door without setting in your heart, God, I'm going to respond to the thing you're putting in front of me, it will just get blown away by the wind and the cares of the world. So it looks like something right now to covenant in your heart. God, you first. I don't know what it is for you but it looks like responding. So come on, let's just raise our voices for a few moments. Let's bless. If you want to get in groups of two and three to bless one another, feel free to. Let's really bless Lee. There's amazing doors that God is opening for Lee right now in all he's doing and serving into in the town. But let's bless God. Let's glorify him. And then parents in a moment, please do go and collect your kids. Come on, let's raise our voices. Let's stir ourselves. Maybe some people want to come and bless Yared as well. Let's go for it. Thanks, guys.